Hello and welcome everyone to another weekly market commentary from Stashway. Of course, with us, our Chief Investment Officer, Freddie Lim. Freddie, good to have you back. How are you? Um, I'm very well and uh, TGIF, um, uh, happy Friday to, to, to you and everyone else. Yes, happy Friday, everyone. We are recording this on a Friday, 15th of April, uh, 16th of April. Hey, <laughs> time is flying by, right? Time is flying by um, faster than we think it is. But hey, Freddie, some good news out of China uh, or mixed news, right? Expectations are always higher than uh, what was reported. But I think some positive news coming out of China. Do you want to give a little bit of an update what's happening over there and what kind of numbers I'm talking about? Well, if you read the news headline, they would tell you that China disappointed against expectations. So this morning, slightly down. But if you look at the actual numbers, they are immense. So for example, I have here on screen, say GDP jumps a record 18.3% from lockdown year. That's great. Much retail sales rose 34.2%, beaten 28% estimate. That's great. Industrial output gained 14.1%, missing 18% estimate. Jobless rates falls to 5.3%. Uh, property investment rose uh, to 25.6%. These are all really huge numbers. With some part of it, the industrial output being the only one of two missing estimate. But in most cases, China has shown the word that its economy is really uh, uh, kind of the first to rebound. It's like a first in into COVID and first out of COVID. Uh, it, it's done well so far, actually. Done well so far. And I think, you know, most other countries in the world are very jealous of those numbers, right? <laughs> they would love to see those in their own, uh, own, own numbers uh, report, right? Yeah, I mean, um, people would sort of uh, be worried about the recent um, wave of antitrust uh, rule change in China that will be slapped on all tech firms in China. People wonder what to do about that. But people are also torn with China's very long-term 5, 10, 15-year plans in restructuring its economy towards more tech revolution. So, um, you know, what do people do, right? <laughs> No, absolutely. No, those are good numbers and, and, and good to get some insights from your side on that as well. So that's great. Um, we do have a couple of questions, actually three of them um, that we want to address today, Freddie, from our uh, audience from last week. And again, if you're new to the show, um, please feel free to always drop um, any of your questions in the comment section below, or you can also send us an email at so, um, support at sashway.com so that Freddie and myself can pick those up. Um, so Freddie, the first one is actually from Wilson Long. And he's saying, I've recently done some of my own research and due diligence on the 36% SRI holdings, more specifically on the VNQI ETF. And I found that it pays investors a rather high dividend yield, which is great, of course. Uh, however, in 2020, they only paid out a dividend uh, less, much, much less than in 2019, right? Now that it, has, that it has possibly continued, so I think that's the first question. Uh, it's lower dividend payment. I don't see how investing in this high-risk ETF is justifiable anymore. What is, other than a possible hedge to the U.S. dollars, the view on that ETF, Freddie? I think you're going to go back to the mandate of the portfolio. And our global core portfolios, they are sort of um, growth-oriented. So um, we tend not to focus too much on dividends. We actually think more about dividend reinvestment at the portfolio level because that minimizes the withholding taxes on dividends. 
um, unless you're in an income portfolio, which we have one in Singapore for now, that one actually it still maximizes total expected return, but it has a certain minimum requirement for dividends, right? But in the global case, it was actually different. But if I actually look at VNQI, which is International XUS REITs, um, actually in the total return basis done very well for the year. It's actually up, uh, let me say, 6.13% uh, so far, year to date, analyzing 22.98. I'm not sure I... I'm not sure the dividend lenses, the focus on just the dividends, would have missed the big rebound in, 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 in REITs that's outside US, right? So, and part of the things that the investment committee at Stashway looks at is that we leave the algorithm to, to sort of, uh, given a risk target, we give the algorithm the room to optimize for maximum return. return. The investment committee, including myself, uh, our role is to, to sort of uh, present evidence uh, on, on risk concerns. So if it's severe, we would present the evidence at a committee. We vote whether to override the algorithm or not because of risk reason. And in this case, um, <laughs> we've been discussing it for a long time. The reopening of economy is still not f- really that close, but the vaccine drive is accelerating. The market is forward-looking and it's going to sort of uh, start rebounding. And that's exactly what VNQI has shown us. That's exactly what Straits Times Index, which is not a lot of tech, a lot more blue chips, show us the same, the sector rotation. Uh, even in Singapore, the REITs are rebounded as well. So in the internationally XUS, um, that team, the sector rotation team, the reopening team is still gradually being played out. And so from that angle, I don't see, uh, at least the committee do not see any uh, warring room um, in terms of risk and in terms of return it has already done amazing for the year yeah no absolutely good. so a great question wilson hopefully that answered your question from freddie as well let's move on freddie um for the next question is from uh, leung chong and he's asking hey in view of the continuation of china government to control tech a behemoth uh, would you consider reducing exposure to china tech I think, you know, he's also referring, I think there was, you know, there was some more um, about end financial right this week uh, as well in the Chinese news and Alibaba. So what's your view on that and how, how, how do you see that play out? Well, there's a short view and a long view. Um, actually, it's true. Um, in the next one year or two, you're going to see some headwinds in um, China tech exposure. Um, the ramp up antitrust that I alluded to earlier. Um, I see it actually as a healthy development um, going forward, but maybe the next one year is going to sort of slow the growth in the stock markets for these firms. But it's actually an important one because, as you know, China's tech ecosystem is dominated by a few kingmakers. So the Alibaba and group is one, Tencent is the other one, and maybe Baidu in the past was closer. Now it's a bit further. So there's really a few kingmakers and you got all your new economy stocks, all the startups, and um, you got N Financial and under the Alibaba group, you, and you have Meituan and, 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 and Didi Chusing. They're all belonging to different kingmakers factions, right? Now to level the playing field and to reduce systemic risk, because if something happens to the kingmakers, things, there's chain reactions. And so antitrust is actually a way to reduce systemic risk, level the playing field for even smaller firms than that to start growing with more fair play. 
I actually see it as a positive long-term. Now, let's talk about long-term, right? You cannot not invest in China, especially China new economy and technology stocks. The government is embarking on the 5, 10, 15-year largest investment in human history to restructure the entire economy even further for tech revolution, right? Already, you see the U.S.-China trade war has created a breakup in the global ecosystem into two. You look at semiconductors, China is going to build its own. It's going to spend so much more money in the next 5, 10 years to build its own. doesn't want to rely on the West. Uh, so <laughs> you cannot not invest in China. This is opportunities. And you also see 5G network built-ups. China is already talking about 6G. And so you simply cannot not be in China with a long, if you are long-term investors. So ultimately, it comes down to your financial plan. If you are a dollar-cost averaging type of investor who invests your savings every month, it's actually great news to have the next one, two years that this part of the portfolio being down because you're averaging in the market at a much cheaper level and you're building up your portfolio. If you're a lump sum investors, it will be more noisy, more volatile for you. So it's time to revisit that plan. If you are nervous about it, you either reduce the risk level because it's a lump sum or you actually break up the lump sum into pieces that you will deploy in different times in the market. It's really ultimately about how you want to build up your financial plans. And so I don't disagree that short-term have wins, but we're here as savers and we're here to invest for the medium and the long term. Yeah. No, great, great analogies there. And uh, great, great to say that as well. Exactly, Freddie. So next question, Jerry Kiat. He's saying, hey, Stashway, in January, Freddie showed us a 2020 return, a 2020 return. Um, is there a similar chart for annual dividend payouts based on each risk profile? Having an overview would be great to understand the best risk profile to choose during retirement. Well, we have charts for not just 2020, but any period, as long as uh, even pre-stash away, we have the backtest data as well, uh, then the actual data for the last four years. Um, however, I'm a bit concerned about the focus on dividend versus risk, looking at that rather than the total expected return versus risk. Like I said, that approach would have missed out on Singapore REITs, uh, would have missed out on international ex-US REITs that have rebounded strongly. VNQI, as we mentioned earlier, has gone up by 6.1% for the year, year to date, analyzing 22.98. So that approach would have meant that you will miss that. It's so, so it's not really a focus on the ratio. The ratio also would sort of drive you into a concentrated portfolio as well. Because if you look around the whole list, this, if you really just do a return divided by risk ratio or dividend divided by risk ratio, you always end up with only a few top ranking ones. And you end up with a portfolio that tends to be concentrated because you fail to account for correlations. You fail to account for when the economic environment change, how the relationship change. So it's a lot more complex than just looking at um, return versus risk or dividends versus risk. So it's a great question. Uh, it's a great thought process. Thank you, by the way, uh, Jerry. Right? And, and uh, however, I, I'm a bit, uh, I want to take a more holistic approach to it. Um, if you really want to see it, uh, do post it. Uh, I think our customer engagement can come back to you, Jerry. Uh, we get someone to come back to you with uh, the, the table of data. Um, but I would caution against overemphasizing on it. No, absolutely. Great. Thank you, Freddie. Um, thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Leon. And also thank you, Wilson, for all the questions. As always, uh, happy to answer any of them during our weekly calls. 
Uh, what I do want to mention really quickly before we get off ready is we have a couple of, um, a few actually, uh, upcoming webinars uh, coming up in all of our different regions. So in Singapore, we actually have two different ones. We have uh, buying versus renting a property. So if you're interested in learning more about buying versus renting, that's on Tuesday, the 20th of April, 7 to 8.30 p.m. Um, Signups are in the show notes below, as well as on our website and Facebook and any other social channel you find us. We also have uh, another one, which is called What We Need to Know to Start and Manage Your Own Business in Singapore. That's actually a combined event between Stashway and Sleek. That's on Friday, the 23rd of April, 4 to 5 p.m. In Malaysia, we have an event called An Inside Look into Stashway. So it really shows you what Stashway is all about. You can ask a bunch of questions. That's on Wednesday, 21st of April, 6 to 7 p.m. And then for our MENA audience, we have an event called How to Plan for Your Retirement, Wednesday, 21st of April, 6 to 7 p.m. local time. Again, all of those links are in the show notes below. So you can sign up and we hope to see as many as you, of you as possible and otherwise, Freddie and myself will see you again next week. And hopefully we'll get a bunch more questions from all of you. Uh, looking forward to that. Freddie, you have a wonderful weekend coming up. Same to the audience. And we'll be all with you again next week. So bye-bye. Ciao.